The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. But let's put it together for Jesus. Let's celebrate the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. I think that if he does what he's famous for, then the best thing to do is to bring him a worship that he deserves. Stand to your feet. Let's just worship him a bit. Let's just worship him a bit. Bring your own words of adoration, your own words of kindness, your own words of gratitude. Your own words of praise. Jesus From the depths of your Jesus heart. Rain, rain, Jesus, rain. We say rain in this place, rain, rain, Jesus, rain. You are the King of Zion, Judas. Sing of the goodness of God. 
Go ahead and celebrate him in the house. We magnify you, Lamb of God. We exalt you, the ancient of days. We give you all the glory he that was and is and is to come. The lion of the tribe of Judah, our kinsman, redeemer, the way maker, the friend that sticks closer than a brother, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. We thank you, our Father. We give you all the praise and all the glory. For you alone deserve all the glory. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what an awesome privilege it is again to come into your presence. Thank you for everyone watching online. Thank you for everyone in person. Thank you for your preservation over our lives. We return all the thanks. We return all the gratitude to you. Thank you, precious Father. Blessed be your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. Once more, jam those hands together as to celebrate Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the preserver of all things. Hallelujah. You may please kindly have your seats. I'd like you to turn around to someone to your left, to your right, smile to them, and tell them Jesus loves you. Fragrance of life, the Lord bless you richly. In Jesus' name, praise the name of the Lord. Their voices are going to the nations. Hallelujah. Thank you very much for an impactful worship. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Psalms 32 and verse 8. I'd like to thank those who are watching and connecting with us online from wherever part of the world you are. May the Lord bless you richly in the mighty name of Jesus I believe that today is going to be an amazing service for each and every one of us. We're going to be talking about understanding how God leads. Understanding how God leads. Understanding how God leads. Understanding how he leads. And somebody may say, what is the connection between grace? And divine guidance leading everything, everything, everything. Psalms 32 and verse 8, and the scripture says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go and. I will guide you. For you to enjoy exceeding grace, there's an easy way to it. An easy way. Here the Lord is saying, I will guide you along the best pathway of your life. The best. He said, and I will advise you and watch over you. Re recall those who have been following us, you know, this past couple of Sundays and maybe the Watch Night service that we've said that exceeding grace is everything about God. The fullness of God. The empowerment of God. The believer's special advantage. Unmerited favor. So, so the question therefore is 
How do I enjoy it? How do, how do I connect with it? How do I connect with it? How? Divine guidance. Now, it, I'd like you to think for a moment. If, for instance, your father is the richest man on the face of the earth. I don't know, think of whoever is the richest man now. <laughs> whether it's Jeff Bezos or whether it's uh, Bill Gates or whether it is uh, Elon Musk, think of whoever it is and assume for, for a moment, just dream for a moment that that's your father. <laughs> I'm not talking about your heavenly father now, but maybe your earthly father. And it says to you, I want to lavish my favor on you. But there are certain things you need to do. Now, if you are the one, what will you do? Will you start trying to figure out what is it that I'm supposed to do? Oh, can I smile so that I will please him? Can I run some errands so that I will please him? Can I? What is the cheapest thing to do? Say, hey, Jeff, tell me what to do, and I'm ready to do. Tell me. And that's what divine guidance is. You want to enjoy exceeding grace? Then you've got to come from a platform of saying to God, your Father, the most wonderful, gracious, mighty, all-powerful, the richest person you can ever think about in all dimensions and statistics, Come to him and you say to him, please tell me what to do. I don't want to stumble. I don't want to gamble. Just tell me. And that's what divine guidance is. That's what it is. It's, and it says to you and I, in Psalms 32 verse 8, it says, I will instruct you. So if, if you're not being instructed, it is not because he does not want to instruct it is because maybe you have not put yourself in a place to receive instruction. Say, I will instruct you. In fact, I think Romans chapter 8 verse 14 puts it this way. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. It said, they are the sons of God. In other words, they are the carriers of grace. In fact, a translation puts it this way. It says, God's Spirit beckons. God's spirit wants to speak. I think that's the message translation. It says this, there are things to do. There are places to go. May God speak to you this year. May God speak to you this year. May he give you insight into what to do per time and per season. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because if you look at scriptures, everyone that were carriers of grace were people that had. They were hearers. They had. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, you know, verse 13, it says, and God said to Noah, what if, for instance, Noah was not hearing? Genesis chapter 12, and God said to Abraham, now Abraham, carry yourself and go. What if he wasn't hearing? That is why it is so, so important that everyone under the sound of my voice, in person or watching online, you must open up your ears this year and say, I will hear. I will hear. I will hear. I will hear. 
I will hear instructions because that is what makes a difference. That's what makes a difference. God still speaks. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1, it says God sent an angel to Mary and spoke to him. If you look at scriptures over and over again, you realize that people who were carriers of grace, who walked in dimensions of grace, were people that had clearly. That's why we've got to understand how he speaks. We've got to understand. I know, I know some of us, when I was growing up as a young believer, one of the things that they instilled into us is that you must know how God speaks to you. You must know how God speaks. You must know how God speaks. And everyone hearing the sound of my voice, you must know how God speaks because God still speaks. We, we live in a world where there are voices speaking. We live in a world where people have different ideas and opinions. They want to volunteer, even without you asking. Oh, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Oh, how are you getting along with this COVID thing? Oh, the COVID thing, I'm just getting along. Oh, just make sure you take ginger. Make sure you take this. Make sure you take that. Uh, different kind of voices. If, if you look at scripture, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 10, I think the King James Version puts it this way. It says, there are many voices. 1 Corinthians 14, 10. Many kinds of voices, and none of them is without significance. In, in other words, every single one of them has an impact over you. So you must be careful, friends, who you listen to. You must be careful what voices speak over you. You must be careful of the things you lend your ears to, because they have an influence over you. I, I, there was a story I was reading some years back. Of a guy that killed so many people. And he said, they said to him, what happened to you? And he said he was hearing voices. Hearing voices. So voices have an impact over you. They have an impact over your decisions. Over your emotions. Over your lifestyle. Have you, have you, have you, have you imagined once you pick up a phone. And you pick up a friend to talk to a friend. And then the person finishes talking to you. And your countenance just falls. From today, may you hear the voice of God. May you hear the voice of God. And that is simply because, friends, there are different kinds of voices. You have a voice of self. You have a, the voice of the devil. But you have the voice of God. So enemies can speak. Friends can speak. Demonic forces can speak. But much more importantly, God can speak. And that is the one that empowers us into the dimensions of grace never encountered before. So you've got to understand how, you, how God speaks to you. You've got to understand it. You've got to understand it. Friends, divine guidance is very, very important. If you must live a life that is fulfilling... It's very important. Very, very important. Not simply because life can be very, very miserable when you end up in the wrong path. Very miserable. Very challenging. When you end up in the wrong side or end up in the wrong position or end up in the wrong place of life. Listen, friends, what makes a difference in your life is the major decisions we take. When you make a wrong decision out of a bad, when you make a wrong judgment out of a decision, you end up in a wrong way. And no matter how good that wrong way is, it's still a wrong way. No matter how good it is, 
It's still a wrong way. It's still a wrong way. There are career decisions we've got to take. There are marital decisions we take. There are financial decisions we take. There are locational decisions we take. But friends, you must hear God speak to you because every important decision of your life is an opportunity to find grace at work. It's an opportunity. So don't just take up a career. Ask God, Lord, what career would you want me to take? What career? Don't just apply anyhow. But you see, focusly ask God, Lord, what do you want me to do? What field do you want me to go into? What direction do you want me to focus in? You, you must spend time to hear his voice. Don't just marry any person that you find around, around and just, oh, this is good. No. Young people who are not married. You know, growing up, they, one of the things that they drummed into my ears you know, one of the fellowships we went to, like, look, if you make a bad marriage decision, your destiny is affected for life. So I grew up with that fear in my heart. Oh, I must not make a wrong decision. I must not make a wrong decision. So I went to God. I said, Lord, you must speak to me. And then I locked up myself for three days. Lord, you must speak these three days or no more. Speak. That's not a, that, that, you don't give God an ultimatum. You don't, you don't. But see, what is important to understand, friends, is, is that the Bible says in Proverbs 18, verse 22, he that findeth, findeth a good thing. In other words, if you allow God find for you, it makes a world of difference. And the Bible says you obtain favor from the Lord. Listing friends, you may be good friends, but that does not mean, mean that you'll be good marital partners. It doesn't mean so. It doesn't mean so. May God speak to you. May God give you direction. Every young person, may God give you direction. May God give you direction. You see, where to live matters. How many people know that know where to live matters? I, I see people most times who just go anywhere to live. By this, by the fund of, oh, okay, let me just move in this direction. Oh, this is where it's better. Let me move to this direction. Yo, ask Lot. Lot, Lot looked at this side and said, oh, wow, this is the best side to go. You know how I ended up? He said, Sodom. He ended up coming out of that place with no wife, no property, no possession. Nothing. But that was the best place at the time when he moved there. Listen closely, friends. You, you must seek and ask God, Lord, where do I locate? Where do I live? Oh, it's so important. Very important. Very, very important. Otherwise, ask the man called Elimelech. How many people know that? Elimelech. In the book of Ruth, every time I read that story, it, it, it baffles me. Why will somebody leave a place where there appear to be apparent hardship and then move into a land, a land of Moab, where the things were working well? And then the woman called Naomi lost the husband, he lost the first son, he lost the second son. In fact, she practically lost everything. The only thing she gained was a faithful woman who decided not to leave her. 
called Ruth. You, you must be wise about where you live. You must be. And, and, and I like to say this. I like to say this. Especially because, because many of us, within the context of how things are going with respect to properties, with respect to high prices and all of that stuff, somewhere we get into what they call the flesh. And we lose sight of the fact that we walk by faith and not by sight. You must ask God, Lord, where do you want me to locate? Because it's very important. The Bible says that when there was famine the first time, Abraham did what? He moved to Egypt. But the second time, what happened? His son Isaac said, hey, my father moved to Egypt the last time because he was better there. So let's do what? Let's go to Egypt. And God said, no, you can't go there. You can't. You can't. May God give you direction. In the mighty name of Jesus. May God give you direction. You see, it's important to understand the leading of God because not only does it help you in fulfilling life's goals, it helps you in victory, obtaining victory over enemies. It helps you in obtaining victories. If you look at life, you realize that the voice of God is what makes the difference. Especially when dealing with people, dealing with friends, or dealing with enemies, dealing with any circumstance at all of your life. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 31, it says, For through the voice of the Lord, Assyria will be beaten down. In other words, enemies will be beaten down through the voice of the Lord. Enemies. And guess what? Every one of us have one enemy or the other. It doesn't need to be physical. It doesn't need to be a human being as it were. It doesn't. Enemies could be bodily afflictions. And you see, what makes a difference is that it is revelation that cures any kind of affliction. The revelation of what you get, what you understand from the word of God. The scripture says that, you know, the Philistines attacked who? Attacked uh, um, David in the book of 2 Samuel. And he asked the Lord, Lord, what should I do? Should I overtake? Should I attack them? And God said, go. Fight them. The, the second time, they came back again. But the Bible says that, you know, in the same second Samuel, God, Abraham, I mean, David said, should I go again? And God said, no, not this time. Not this time. Not this time. Not this time. There's always a reason to inquire from God because the solution of yesterday may not, may not be the solution for tomorrow. Always a reason. Oh, that you trained up a child this way does not mean you should train up the second one this way. Why? There's always a difference that God may want to bring into the equation. Always a difference. Always a difference. So you must receive guidance. You must say to God, Lord, how do I go about this in order to be able to advance the course of things? Why is it important to seek divine guidance? Because supernatural supplies and provision is found in guidance. The things that many of us struggle for, if only we can allow God to speak to us, it will be an end to struggles. There was going to be famine in the land. God said to who? God said to Elijah. He said, hey, go. Go to one uh, brook. After that, say, go, go to one widow. After that, say, hey, the, the famine is over, so go to the land. He had instructions as to how things were sorted out in his life. 
That is what the scripture says in Psalms 23 and verse 1. It said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Friends, if we can hear the voice of God, you realize that you are not going to want. And this year, may you never want. Because God will speak to you and speak to you clearly. 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 You know, some of the, some of the amazing blessings that I've walked into has been because I had, I had something. I had something. I've shared the story several times with all here. How I was heavily and badly in debt. And then I was praying and asking God, how do I get out of this debt? And I had him very clearly go and borrow more money. I, I, I can't. I can't. You are in debt. Terrible debt. And then you, you hear God say to you, go and borrow. <laughs> But you see, hearing makes the whole world a difference. So I went, I borrowed more money. I said, okay, Lord, this is the money. What next? You see, sometimes God speaks to you, not progressively. And you must be ready, therefore, to do or follow those progressive steps, each step of the way. So what next? And I said, okay, look here, buy so and so. And within three months, what I bought more than 300% return. Within three months. So, Lord, what next? Sell it. Buy other things. The pathway to financial ease is in your hearing. May God open your ears this year. In the mighty name of Jesus. May God tell you what to do per time and per season. In the mighty name of Jesus, may God tell you the courses to read so that when you read it, you get a good job that will land you into somewhere that is, you know, you know there are some figures that you don't even need to just hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> a brother called me, you know, within the course of the week and he said, pastor, I said, yes, I said, I don't understand this God. I said, what? He said, I got some figures that made, made me dancing, hallelujah, hallelujah. And he was, you know, he was speaking his life. I said, which one is there? <laughs> May God lead you in the right direction. So, so the question is, how does he lead? And I'll, I'll quickly run through some, some things for the, within the context of the time that we have. How does he lead? How does he lead? How does he lead? One way that he leads is through his word. His word, through the Bible, through the Bible. The Bible is God's voice in written form. That's what the Bible is. Everything that God will have to speak about life and anything you can think about has been loaded in the Bible. Everything. It's, it's, it's loaded there. So, so God speaks through his word. You see, the Bible is not just a literal book. Some people have said, oh, but it's just written by some few individuals. It's beyond that. Beyond that. The scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, it says all of scriptures is written by the inspiration of God. Everything 
about scriptures is written by the inspiration of God. I says it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. I, I like that aspect for instruction. In other words, if I want him to instruct me as to what to do, this book has an instruction for everything. 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 And I think that where many people miss it is that they think, some people think, but well, it's just an ordinary book. It's just an ordinary book. <laughs> but this book is not an ordinary book. Oh. It's not. The day I knew that this book is not an ordinary book, very long time ago, that was the first time I saw them using the, people can use the Bible for different kind of things. Different kind of things. Some people use it as magic. But it's beyond magic. One guy stole something in, you know, in our dorm so many years ago in our dorm. And they gathered all the students who stole this, who stole this, and nobody was talking. So there were some people that they suspected. So they put all the people within a circle. And one guy came out and said, now we know who. We know who stole the thing. And they brought out the Bible. They put a key in the Bible and tied up the Bible. And they used a stick to hold, put, just to hold this. And I said, hey, this Bible is going to turn now to whosoever it is that stole the thing. And I was amazed that through, through the thing started turning. Until he landed in, let me not point at anybody. He <laughs> landed at the person who stole the thing and the guy started crying. That day, first I was afraid. But, but where I'm going to friends is, is that this book is loaded. It's loaded. It's loaded. People can use it for all sorts, but friends, you must use it for the right things. The right things is to understand that it can instruct you in righteousness. It can give you instruction. That is why sometimes when you read it, something drops at you. How many people have read before and then you're just reading? Something just jumps at you. What just jumps at you? What just jumps at you? It's loaded. Absolutely loaded. Absolutely loaded. And that is why, friends, you must take time to do what? To search the world. Search the world for everything you need. Search the world to the issues of your life. Search the world and it will provide you guidance. Search the world and it will bring an end to every aspect of your life. The day God helped me to deal with the issue of anger was the day I found something in Scripture that broke me down. The world. The world changes life. And friends, the only way therefore to do what? To get inspiration and direction is to read it. I heard somebody say so many years ago that he entered into fish farming. Doing very well, very well in fish farming. They don't do fish farming here. I don't know where they do it. People who have agricultural stuff. But anyway, back in some places in Africa, they do fish farming. And this guy doing very well. And he said, the, he was reading through the Bible once and the scripture said that Abraham had cattle and sheep and goats and all of that stuff. And he started asking God, Lord, what can I farm? If people in the Bible were all farmers, 
That was how he went into doing very well. May God speak to you from his word. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now because this is the voice of God, every time you read it, there must be an attention you pay to it. Don't read it and be distracted. Spend, choose that quality time. That you're doing what you're spending before the world. You're saying, Lord, can you, can you speak to me? Lord, what, what do you want me to hear from here? Lord, what are you saying about your word? Every time you read the word of God, there are questions you must ask yourself. One, what is this word saying about God? What is this word saying to me about God? What does this word want me to do in my life for a difference? How can I implement what the word is saying? In my, you must ask yourself basic questions. Why? You must have an inquiry mind as you read the word. The more you inquire as you read, you realize that things begin to drop in your heart that God begins to speak to you. Through the word. Through the word. Through the word. The second way is through his spirit. And the first part of it is the voice of the spirit. God still speaks with audible voices. God still speaks with audible voice. My son, my son. I'm not saying you should go and be waiting and say, Lord, I want to hear audible. God has prerogative as to how he wants to. But it is yours to discover how God speaks to you. Everyone has different ways, unique ways that God speaks to them. God wanted to catch the attention of Samuel. In the book of you know, First Samuel, the Bible says he called him Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel ran to Eli and said, hey, sir, you're calling me. And Eli said, no, I didn't call you. Go back and sleep. Then he went back to sleep. Then the voice called again, Samuel, Samuel. Then he ran back again to Eli. And Eli said, perceived that God was calling him, the Bible says, because he knows how God calls people. He said, when, when he calls you, say, yes, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. <laughs> a friend told me a joke. He said, anytime you hear your voice, and you don't see the person calling you, better don't answer. <laughs> because maybe they are calling you from the village. <laughs> but, 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 but God still speaks, friends. He speaks. He speaks. And, and for me, sometimes I hear him, and it's so clear. So clear. So clear. And sometimes it comes by a still small voice. You're not thinking of anything. Some, so suddenly that, that drop comes into your heart. Comes into your heart. And, and for me, it, 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 it's a pattern. It's become a pattern where I know this is God speaking. For instance, how do we get this location? You know, I was praying one day and, and, and just stopped a bit, you know, just to stay quietly, which is part of the things everyone should do. Don't pray only, but have some moment of quiet where you want to listen to the voice of the Spirit. Lord, what are you saying? So as I was finishing running up, I just stayed a bit. 
And then I had him say, open the laptop. I opened it. Go to realtor.ca. I went to realtor.ca. Start searching. What am I searching? Commercial properties. Started searching commercial properties. Commercial properties. Suddenly, stop. I stopped. And I saw this, saw this property. So what, what next? Calls so and so and so. I called one of the realtors. Please, can you check out this property? And the rest is history. And, and there are multiple ways I've, that have occurred to me. Multiple ways, not only for here, for other things that I've gone into. Friends, you, 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 you've got to be attentive. How does this speak to you? It may be an audible small voice. It may not be a loud voice like Samuel, Samuel, or Gabriel, Gabriel. If there's any Gabriel here, please pardon me. Whatever it is, it may not be, that may not be the huge pattern for you. But so the issue is identify how it speaks to you. It may be just a small drop in your heart. You're not even thinking about it. He says, hey, can you go and help so-and-so sister? You're not even thinking about it. Or can you buy something for so-and-so person? You're not thinking about it. It just comes in into your heart. If you, if you practicalize it, you sooner than realize that that becomes a pattern in which God speaks to you. Because the more you begin to practice the words of instructions that he gives to you, it becomes a pattern for him to speak to you. Because he knows that you now understand how he speaks to you. So you have to desire to hear his voice. If you want to learn it. It says, my sheep, they hear my voice. They're hacking unto me and they follow me. So not only the audible voice, it can also be a, an inner weakness. You just know. You just know. You just know. You just know. So, but how do you know? I just know. And sometimes the knowledge is, is rooted in peace. Rooted in peace. You're just, you're just settled in your heart. Everybody's running here and there. You're settled in there. You're, you're, just, you're just okay. And friends, when, when you are led through the voice of the spirit or through an inner weakness, one of the things you must ensure is, is that your life is always and constantly in tune with the spirit of God. And that is why for many people who do not pray in the spirit, that is why it is important to pray in the spirit. Because the Bible said that the Spirit searcheth all things. Sometimes when you begin to pray in the Spirit, you see, you begin to tune in into the mind of God, into the agenda of God. And then it begins to reveal things to you. And that is why you must also keep your spirit clean. Too many times a challenge that many of us have is that we are too busy in our spirit. Too busy. We are driving to work. We are making phone calls. We are home in the kitchen. We are doing our stuff. We are going to sleep to bed. And we are busy whatsapping and doing all. When is the time you are spending? You know, to do what? To just to listen to him. To just to say to him, Lord, please speak to me. Speak to me. One of, for me, one of the best times that I like doing, because I drive a lot, one of the things I like a lot doing is either playing my Bible audio in the car. Or praying in the spirit. 
Or sometimes when I'm in the shower, the 10, 15, 20 minutes that I'm in there in the shower, that, that's sometimes a moment for me where I just like just spending some quiet in the presence of God. Why? He still speaks. He still speaks. Oh, a lot of life struggles will come to an end if you can only hear the voice of the Spirit. May God open your ears to hear. Amen. I thought your amen would be better than that. Amen. The fourth thing is by revelation. And I think many people like, a number of people play in this category by revelation, and there are three dimensions of it. Dreams, visions, and then trance. Oh, some people are dream specialists, like Joseph. Like Joseph. It has the way God speaks to you. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. But just like every other thing, no matter which way God speaks to you, you must check it out with the word of God. The dreams for a number of people, and I, I like to emphasize this, for a number of people who are dreamers, sometimes they fall into error if they don't balance it out with scriptures. Sometimes. That is simply because dreams can come through so many means. I, I, I hardly dream. The only time I dream is if I've eaten too much bowl of uh, pandediam. <laughs> But you see, the Bible says that dreams come through multitude of business. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 3. So sometimes you dream out of the activities of your life. Out of the activities of your life. Sometimes if you, if you think too much about certain things, you sleep, you realize that you, you, you start uh, dreaming about those things. Dev, the devil can also introduce dreams into people's life. The devil can introduce dreams. But just the same way that the devil can introduce dreams, God can also and does also introduce dreams into your life. A dream is something that you receive, a picture you see, something that God tells you when you are sleeping. That's, that's a dream. That's a dream. Many of you that dream that people are pursuing you at night, just get up and bind it in. Simple. So get up and bind it. You know, because sometimes I see people... You know, Say, uh, Pastor, I don't know. They're always pursuing me. They're always pursuing me. They're always pursuing me. Just get up, bind the stupid devil, and say, No more. No more. Listen and listen closely. Any dream you have that is contrary to the word of God, God has given you the right to quench it. You end it. A sister came to me several years ago, one of the churches in Nigeria, and said, uh, Pastor, I had a bad dream about you. Grace allowed me to listen to her. What I should have first done was to kill it. I said, yes, please go ahead. And she started to really now a lot of stuff. When she has finished, she said, is that all? She said, yes. So, so, Pastor, what are you going to do? I said, this dream is a false dream. It's not going to work in my life. He said, so, so you're not going to do anything? I said, right now, I'm praying about it. In the name of Jesus, it's not working in my life. Why? It's contrary to scriptures. The Bible says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
Every tongue that rises up against me in judgment is condemned. So do what? I stop it. I stop it. I stop it. The, 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 the truth, friends, whatever you allow or permit has an entrance into your life. Yes, it has an entrance into it. So I make up my mind. At that point, I am killing it. Killing it. Killing it. So see somebody chasing you. Kill it. If it's a human being, kill them, join. <laughs> and we're not called to be killers or human beings. I was just making a joke. You can just ask God to show them mercy. It's better to show them mercy. So that they are saved, then you know they are killed and they go to hell. Thank you. It's better. It's better. It's better. So dreams, and of course, the next other one is, is a vision. Vision is a situation where you're not asleep. You're just seeing pictures. You're not sleeping. You are fully awake. Ah, and some people have that grace. Some people have that grace. Elisha had that grace. Uh, it's one of the oppressions of the spirit of discernment. Elisha was sitting down. An army was coming. And the servants saw the army. Say, yeah, ah, Elisha, they are coming to kill us. Everything is ending. Elisha said, calm down, calm down, calm down. And the guy was still worried. He said, no, you don't understand. How, how can we, how can we contend with these, you know, terrible people that are coming? And on and on. And then, Elisha just said, God, please just show this guy mercy. Can you open his eyes, let him see? And then the Bible says that his eyes were open. And he saw armies. He said that those who are for us are much more, that those who are with us are much more than those who are with them. And so his eyes were open and he saw, he said, wow, no wonder you are calm. Certain times, people, what they see makes them calm. Some other people, if you don't see, you just be running head to scatter. You'll be worried. May God open your eyes. May God open your eyes to see in the mighty name of Jesus. I think I, think I, like, I, think I like this kind of vision where you just see. <laughs> I know Jesus Christ was also operated in that kind of way. You know, the Bible says that he knew, he knew as they are coming. In fact, I think one of them was coming. One of the disciples said, hey, an Israelite indeed in which there is no God. He saw him from afar. Saw him from afar. Saw him from afar. Of course, the last aspect of it is a trance. You are half asleep. You are half awake. And you just, you just, you just seeing some seeing things. But the fourth way that God leads us, and as we begin to wrap up, it is true or God ordained situations and circumstances. There are certain times God is not going to say a word to you. There are certain times God is not going to speak to you through the word. It's not going to say anything through the voice of the spirit. You're not going to get any inner nudging. But you see what he's going to do is that he's going to orchestrate circumstances to lead you into the right path. The Bible says you will hear a word, but this time you're not hearing a word. He is guiding you into what? Into a right path, into a right direction. And that was what happened to Joseph. That was what happened to Joseph. He, he, just, he just guided Joseph. They first sold him and threw him into the pit. I said, hi. Why are they doing this to me now? They sold him as a slave. 
Oh, why are they doing this to me now? He went into prison. Oh, why is this happening to me now? Without knowing that that was God's orchestrated guidance. And when he realized it, he said in Genesis 45, he said, God sent me here for a purpose. Listen, friends, there are certain experiences that you go through. It is not the devil. It is God. It is God. It is God. And because it is God, don't be, don't be, when you go through such circumstances, you have prayed, you have fasted, you've done everything in the books, and things doesn't seem to still be working. Stay calm and watch what God is doing. Sooner than you realize it, God is going to bring you to your, you know, the throne or to the place of, of glory he has desired for you. Why? Because the Bible says it is God that walketh in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure, which means that at the end of the day, it will speak and bring forth a testimony. So are you passing through circumstances that are challenging, traumatizing, difficult? You're saying, but, but why did I ever get into this type of situation? How did I ever get myself here? Lord, but I fasted. Lord, but I prayed. How come this is not going? Friends, God is catapulting you. It's just but a matter of time. So what do you do? You wait on him. You wait on him. You wait on him. How does God lead? He leads through his servants. He leads through his servants. Hosea chapter, chapter 12 verse 10. He says, I have spoken by the prophets and have multiplied visions. I've given symbols to the weakness of the prophets. A couple of times, God speaks through his servants. And friends, sometimes you need to pay attention to it. Sometimes you need to pay attention to it. How does God speak? He speaks through strange acts. An angel can appear to you. An angel can appear God can cause a donkey to speak. <laughs> Remember the story of Balaam? One of the very interesting stories I find in scripture. <laughs> How this man called Balaam was so deaf. God had used everything to talk to him. He had used circumstance. He, I'm sure God must have tried to speak to him, but because of the money he was you know, planning to get, he wasn't ready to listen. And then he got to the point where he even got to the end of the road with the, the donkey. See, he didn't want to move. The guy should have known that something is happening here. And the guy was still beating the donkey. Donkey, why are you not going? And then God had to open the mouth of the donkey. My prayers that God will not take us to the point where it becomes so difficult. God will bring us to the point where we're just here. So how, 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 how can we assess? I just want to talk on one or two quick things as we wrap up there. That you must be spiritually minded. To hear these things, to hear the voice of God, to hear an inner weakness, to get something from the world, you've got to be spiritually minded. You, you can't afford to be carnally minded. Carnally mindedness is walking by sight, not by faith. Carnally mindedness is assuming you know, the days that God used to speak. I think I was listening to someone sometimes. He said that the days that God speak, used to speak is over. I said, really? Oh, yeah, I said, everything that God had to speak, he has spoken it through his word. So there's no more, no more revelation. I said, really? Be it unto you according to your... But you've you got, you got to open up your mind, you know, to receive. 
by being spiritually minded. The Bible says that the carnal minded person, it says, it says leads to what? It says leads to death. Carnal mindedness leads to death, but to be spiritually minded leads to life and peace. Romans chapter 8 verse 6. So in order to therefore hear, you're going to renew your mind in line with the mind of God. Renew your mind. So you, be, you, you have to be careful the things you listen to. The music you listen to. The words you listen to. The friends you associate with. Why? You want to stir up your spirit man. You want to. If you have more of people, wrong people, or wrong music, or wrong things, you know, into your mind, you realize that you're making the wrong of make big mistake. I think there was a music that some years back, some years back, when the music was released, they said that the number of people that took their lives because of that music were into millions. Music has an impactful influence. Very impactful. People have been known to contract demons by the music they listen to. That's why, friends, you've got to be careful. Oh, but, but I like the beat. You don't know the inspiration under which the people who were yo-ho, yo-ho, You don't know the inspiration. Why can't you listen to something that will bless and energize and encourage and renew your mind? Oh, but pastor, you are old school. You are old school. You are old school. I better err in the side of caution than throw caution into the wind. The second way is that you've got to desire to be led. You want to hear the voice of God? Desire it. Desire it. Desire it. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. It says, listen for God's voice in everything that you do. Proverbs 3, verse 6. Listen for it. Pay attention to it in everything you do. Everywhere you go, you're going to do what? You're going to listen. It's a translation says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. But I think, I think in the NLT also says, listen. I like, I like the way it puts it. In everything you do. In other words, you're saying to God, Lord, what do you want me to do? What are you saying here, Lord? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do today? Lord, as I go to work, how do you want me to speak? How do I respond to this? Somebody's acting up in your home. I say somebody. How do you respond? Listen, listen to those of us who are married. It is not when your spouse says something you should answer. Should not. Because sometimes the devil is waiting to twist one response back. Say, look at how he's look at how he's abusing you now. Oh, really? As the devil is whispering into your ear, you are ready, say, eh, okay, I'm not gonna take this. I'm gonna give my own. And then from giving, you just end up what you're not supposed to have ended up. So somebody's just misjiving. Maybe the person woke up on the wrong side of the bed. So, Lord, how do you want me to respond to this? Maybe just a smile. Your lips just, just smile. Just smile. You just. What is funny now? No, no one is funny, but it's, it's just lovely. What do you want me to do? 
how do you want me to react here? What do you want me to say? In fact, if I had a test of this, I had a, I had a test of this, you know, I think, I don't know if it was Friday or Thursday or Friday, you can't remember now. Yeah, I think it was Thursday or Friday. Or was it yesterday? I can't, I can't recall. I was talking to a pastor friend and, you know, one conversation led to the other and one conversation led to the other and then one of our common friends who moved from one church and then moved to his own church, I just asked him, oh, how, how is this person? Is he still in your church? And he said, no. You know, it's no, more, it's no longer in our church and all that stuff. And he went to town and started talking, talking, you know, things about this common friend and all of that stuff. And I wanted to say something about this common friend, about his attitude of, let me not go there because that's, I've, I promised myself that I'm not going to be. So I, I was going to say something. And what I was going to say was negative. But I, I remembered, and, and this is what is very important. I remember if I just got done on me that I've said to myself that this year I am not going to speak evil of anyone. Whether you did me wrong or you didn't do me wrong, whether I have an opinion, I don't have an opinion, I am not going to. Why? That is how I have desired that God leads me this year. It's up to you how you desire. If you like, you speak. It's okay. But the premise for me was when I found it in Titus chapter 3 and verse 2. I think the New King James Version puts it this way. Where I was reading through the scripture once and he said, Speak no evil. Speak evil of no one. No one. No one. Speak evil of no one. And you see, I realize that sometimes in the course of conversation, you just say, ah, but you're just conversing now. Oh, but how, how is this person say, hi, hey, 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 Before you know what's happening, you are out of your ER, you have said, you have said. And, 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 and truly that sometimes people really do you something bad. They really, really do something bad to you. Either in the workplace or in the church place or in your community or even at home. They, they tell you, they do things that, that you, you just want to even call somebody and say, can you just see what this person did to me? But I've made up my mind. I've got to learn to see the good in every person and every circumstance, in every situation that comes across my way. Why? Everything is working together for my good. So I made up my mind that this year... I, I desire to be led and I want to speak no evil of no one. So as this guy was saying this and I said, no. So I said, he said, you don't have anything to say? I said, Pastor, ah, it is well. Oh. That is a very good way of ending. <laughs> it is well, ah, but it is well. It is well. <laughs> if I, if I, <laughs> One of my, I don't know, I have, uh, I have some very good pastor friends. He says that when uh, Christians don't know what to say again, they say, ah, it is well. <laughs> it is well. At least, is it not well? Yeah. It is well. <laughs> the Bible says, say it to the righteous. It, it is well. So, it is well. And that was how the conversation ended. But see, I, 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 I've just made up my mind. I want to be led. I want to be led. So, Leading therefore means practicalizing the things it speaks to you. What if, for instance, at the time I had that notch, I decided I'm, I'm not going to. 
what would this guy feel now if I don't tell him my opinion? Maybe he will think that. So, I volunteer. And sometimes, people speak of other people because they want to increase the conversation. Ah, did you see that brother? Hi, that brother, wow. Oh, really? Ah, I don't like the way he smiles. Really? Oh, yes. In fact, that day, that's true, that's, that's true. That day, you see what he did. And then the conversation just keep, keeps going on. Friends, let's, let's desire to be led. Let's desire to be led. Desire to be led. The third way is that you, you, you got to create a culture. And I think I like this, and maybe I will probably end at this point. You're going to create a culture of listening and hearing. Tell somebody listening. Tell someone listening. Tell someone is here. Tell someone is listening. Tell someone is here. Many times we are quick to speak than listening. Why do you think God gave us two ears and one mouth? He wants you to listen more than you speak. One, two. He wants you to listen more. He wants you to listen more. And, and, and it's, it's a total package. When you stay in the presence of God praying, learn to do what? To pray and then to wait and to say, Lord, what are you saying today? What are you saying about my marriage? What are, what are you saying about my career? What am I, are you saying about the things that I need to do to progress and advance in life? What, what are you saying about this issue? What are you saying about my family? Lord, what are you saying about the work I am doing in church? Lord, what are you saying? What should I do? How do I do what I should do? And then you wait and you listen. You stay calm. The Bible says, be still. Know that you are, my, you are the Lord. Be still. In Psalm 85 verse 8, it says, I will hear what the God, the Lord, we speak. I will hear. I will hear. David speaking. I will hear. I will hear. Somebody place your hands in your ear and say to yourself, I will hear. I will hear what the Lord, my God, we speak. I will hear. In the mighty name of Jesus, so shall it be for you in the name of Jesus. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, I will stand at my watch and I will, I will stand and take my post and I will see what he will say to me. Friends, God is still a speaking God. Create an atmosphere where you just want to stay in the presence of God. That is why people who do what they call meditation, they say it's very powerful. And then the Western world has changed it a little bit. And they say it's therapeutic. And then they've changed it a little bit. And then I say, look, if you practice, you know, some kind of um, Eastern religion, and you sit down quietly, and they gave it a nice name, and just meditate, just, just release yourself. Release, release, release. <laughs> and then some, some people have not you know, turned it into an exercise. And I say, look, hey, just sit in one posture and just lock up yourself. And they call it one name. And that one of the, one of the days. <laughs> let, me not, let me not go in that direction. But, but just stay quietly in the presence of God. Let him speak to you. 
Say, Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant is what your servant is hearing. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Maintain that atmosphere. Last but not the least that I like to talk about. An attitude of patience with God. Very important. Having done all. You can't hurry God to speak. Oh. <laughs> you can't hurry God to speak. The last time I tried it, it was error. <laughs> error. Big error. Error that locked me up for three years. I locked up myself. I said, Lord, you got to speak. <laughs> In the next three days, I said, I'm waiting on you. I need to know who to marry. Three days. And I gave God signs. <laughs> I said, I said, Lord, this is I want the person to either come in this way or to come in this way or to come in that way. The devil is a bad devil. And and so three days I didn't eat anything with ultimatum. After th before the end of three days, suddenly one sister showed up. <laughs> I said, and exactly this way I said, that is the way I want the person to come. She came that way. I said, wow, this must be God. And then the next moment, um, sis, thus says the Lord. The Lord says, you are the one I'm going to marry. Back in the days, we don't have finance. There was no finance. There was no, let's go to, um, let's go out for a candlelight dinner, you know. Or let's just hang out in, you know, what's this chicken, uh, all the various uh, cheese, cheesecake factory. And then they, they just light a small candle and they just say, oh, um, you know, I've just been thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just realized that there's some ribs missing out of my ribs. And, and I've searched all through the world. And I found out that you're just the only missing rib that I've been looking for. And I, I, just, I, just, I just think that if this rib can be joined to my rib, my life will be complete. So, <laughs> there was no finance. <laughs> you know, back in the days, there was no finance. I just said, hey, thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. You are the one that I'm going to marry. Will you go and pray about it? The sister said, okay, you can go. Um, I'll go and pray about it. And then the sister went for three years. <laughs> and, I, and I was busy waiting. That's the run of it. I was, I was busy waiting. I was busy waiting because I read the scripture that the Bible said, hey, he that believeth will not make it. So I was waiting. After three years, I went to call the sister. I said, sis, you're not married. He said, no. Have you seen somebody? He said, no. So what about the thing I said to you? He said, nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> and I said, okay, sorry. I used my mouth to tell you that I want to marry you. I used my mouth to untell un you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, because, 
the, the Bible says that this is the man that I will look up to. He that swears to his heart, I will not look back. Since I've said it with my mouth, let me cancel it with my mouth. I said, okay, I cancel what I've said with my mouth. If you see any person, go ahead and marry the person. If I see any person, I'll go ahead and marry the person. Error. You can't give God ultimatum. You can't. You can't. He's still God. The Bible says, I haven't done all. The best way to obtain promises, even if you're asking God, Lord, speak to me, Lord, speak to me, you're going to learn the act of patiently waiting on him. Patiently waiting on him. In other words, you're going to calm down. Somebody will say, oh, if God does not do it now, if he doesn't speak now, I'll go on, I'll go on, go. <laughs> go. <laughs> the key, friend, to everything about life is patience. The key to transformation of your marriage is patience. The key to breakthroughs is patience. The key to experience of grace is patience. And, and if you must walk in patience, you must have that attitude, even in your place of waiting on God. You want God to do an amazing thing? Wait for him. Wait for him. Wait for him. Say, Lord, I'm going to wait until you speak to me. I'm going to wait until you speak to me. I'm going to wait until you speak to me. And may God speak to you. May God speak to you. This year, God will make you a living wonder. This year, God will open your ears to hear. This year, you will not hear the wrong things. In the mighty name of Jesus. This year, you will not hear the voices of wrong friends. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, you know the Bible tells me in the story of a man called you know, uh, uh, Amnon. He had the voice, the wrong voice of a wrong friend. I decree and I prophesy over your life. The wrong voice you will not hear. In the mighty name of Jesus, you hear the right voice that says to you, this is the way walking in it. The voice of the stranger, you will not hear. In the mighty name of Jesus, every voice of error speaking over your destiny, I break that hole today. In the mighty name of Jesus, every force of darkness speaking into your mind, speaking wrong judgment, I condemn them and I declare from today, no more. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Lift up your voice. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.